Good morning. This morning, I want to title the sermon Price Tags. And that's a concept that we're all very familiar with. If you've ever bought anything, you know that you go to a store and you maybe look at whatever item that you are interested in, a phone, a cup, a recorder, a Bible, a watch, a light, a microphone, whatever. You go to those things and you obviously have some interest in them, right? And you take those things and you look at them and you pick them up. And typically they'll have a sticker or a tag on them. And you pick that thing up and you look at that sticker and that sticker or that price tag will tell you, if you want this, this is what it's going to cost you, right? Now, there are things out there that, you know, you kind of have a general idea of what it's going to take. You know, you pull up to the gas pump nowadays, you know, you're probably going to spend about $3 a gallon for gas. So you pull up to that pump and the pump's sitting there smiling at you. And nowadays they're, they're, there's a TV on most of them, you know, and you have to sit there and watch TV for a while. And it'll tell you, if you want gas, if you want to put something, a gallon of gas in this vehicle, you're going to have to give me in exchange $3, right? And so you go to uh, the gas station, you fill up a gas. Maybe you go inside and you're thirsty and you want to get something to drink and a snack. You pick those things up and you look at it and it says, if you want this and you want this to become yours, this is what it's going to cost you. And so it's just a constant balance in your life of, of uh, looking at the price tag of something and figuring out, is the value of it worth it to, to hand over this money? Now, there are things out there, I've told you all this before. A lot of this depends on how much you value something, right? There, it is mind-boggling to me that we pay the amount of money that we pay for a diamond. That it's a little tiny clear rock that really can't do anything, but you look at it. And we'll pay unreal amounts of money for these little diamonds. And they just, to me, they just, I don't see the value in them, right? But there are other things that I look at that I really value that uh, I pick up a sticker and maybe it's a little overpriced. And I think, yeah, it's maybe overpriced, you know, but I really like it. So I'm going to pay for it. So the concept of value always comes into play there. And if you ever have one of those things where maybe there's something that you want and you go pick it up and you look at it and you think, well, I, you know, I kind of like this. I wouldn't mind having that. And you pick it up and you look at the price tag and you're like, whoa, I don't want it that bad, right? Everybody's probably dealt with that before. Uh, I can remember one time I took the girls um, shopping for, um, I think it was an anniversary. I think it was our 20th anniversary. And so the girls and I went shopping and they were going to help me pick some Tiffany something out for our 20th anniversary. And uh, we went to a jewelry store and we were going down through there looking. And, uh, you know, sometimes those those jewelry store people, we may have some of y'all here, I hope not, but they'll take that little sticker and they'll kind of run it up behind that piece of jewelry and you really can't see what it is till you get it on and you're looking at it and then you're like, ooh, you know. And so we were going down through there and picking, you know, looking at a few things. I said, well, what about that one right there? And I noticed a sticker was covered. And the lady, she really gave me a look. She was almost like, mm, you know, you really don't want to know what that one is. And uh, so uh, she, she, she was nice enough. She picked it out and I rolled that sticker out. And it was like $35,000, you know, for this little ring. And I was like, you know, no, thank you. The price was too high, right? Yeah, I just, I was like, I don't know. The price is way too high for something like that. Then there are other times that you go look at something and, you know, that's not something that's beautiful and shiny. Sometimes you look at something and it's ratty and you think this can't cost all that much. And then you pick it up and you look at the price tag and you're like, my goodness, that's real expensive for that piece of trash over there. So price tags are something that we all deal with. We deal with them every day. You will probably deal with it today. The fact that you are wearing clothes and you've got shoes and you've got glasses and you've got makeup and you've got hairspray on. You understand what I'm talking about. All of that stuff you had to give something in exchange for it. Now, typically, 
uh, as the value goes up, the price goes up. But there are some, there are some, these are tangible things we're talking about. You know, a phone is a tangible thing. You want a phone, it's going to cost you this amount. But there are other things that are somewhat intangible that still have price tags on them, but we don't think about it quite as much. For example, if somebody came up to me and said, a young person, and they said, Brother Luke, one day I want to have a great marriage then I would say, well, there's a price tag for that. Pick up the price tag and look at the price tag of a great marriage, and it's going to say things like, you've got to be selfless. You've got to be able to put other people first. Uh, you've got to work hard. You've got to uh, you know, invest in your marriage. You've got to give tons of your time. See, in order to have a great marriage, they just don't happen. There's a price that you've got to pay to have that. You say, what about godly children? I want to raise godly children. Well, you pick up the price tag on having godly children and you'll find that, you know, you're going to have to spend a lot of time similar to a marriage, a lot of time, a lot of teaching, a lot of discipline and things like that. And if you want those godly children, you know, uh, for example, with a child, and this, this is just my opinion, this is not scripture necessarily, it's, there, it is great to do things for your child. It is better to do things with your child. Are you with me? You can take your child to a ball game, and that's awesome. But it's not as good as standing in the yard and throwing the ball with them. You see what I'm saying? Doing something for your child is good. Doing something with your child is better. And it's going to take a lot of time to do that. So if you're interested in having godly children one day, then you need to look at that price tag and say, hey, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Uh, just because you have a child, it's going to cost you, you know, the, the amount of, uh, uh, you know, just the delivery and all those types of things. You know, and, uh, we've got four children. It used to be Tiffany, can I, I could go out and we could eat $20, $25. You know, Tiffany and I have both eat. And now you go out and you've got four other mouths and they're all growing and they eat like horses and it's $125. You know, so having children is going to cost you something. But if you want to have godly children, it's also going to cost you something. Sometimes the price that we pay for things, we don't necessarily realize the price tag until a good bit of time has gone by. For example, a lazy person is paying a price for being lazy. Do y'all understand that? Somebody that's lazy is going to pay a price. The Bible talks about a man that walked by a field. He says, I looked at the field of the slothful. And there were vines grown all up in this field and the wall was broken down. Well, here's a man that was lazy and he was lazy for a long time. And he may not have realized that he was paying a high price for being lazy. I would say this. I would throw this in there. You think about, um, uh, you know, being involved in a church and church attendance and coming to church and hearing the word of God preached. That's God's design. This, you know, Brother Tim didn't make up church, Right. This is God's design, and there are people out there that will, uh, you know, over time find interest in other things, and then Sunday comes along, and they just would rather go do this or rather go do that or whatever, and so they, they, they quit coming to church like maybe they once was. Well, there's a price for that. There's a price that you're going to pay for not assembling with God's people. There's a price you're going to pay for neglecting your family. There's a price that you'll pay for uh, neglecting your children. Um, and, and there's a price that you'll pay for neglecting your friends. So sometimes a price tag is on a tangible thing. Sometimes a price tag is on an intangible thing. And that's something we always need to be thinking about is what is this going to cost me? 
Is this going to cost me this, 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 and that, or and, and, and process that? And that's a biblical concept to think about the cost of something. I want you to think about the rich young ruler for a second. The rich young ruler comes up to Jesus, and he is shown an interest in following Jesus, and he wants to continue to follow Jesus. <clears throat> and Jesus tells him in so many words, he says, listen, there's a price tag on following me. Pick it up and look at it. And here's what it's going to read. You've done good, but the price is going to be to sell all that you've got and to give it to the poor. That is the price that you are going to pay and it's what is required of you in order to follow me. So the rich young ruler picks it up and looks at it and he says what we would say sometimes with an item, that's too high. I don't want to pay that price to continue to follow you. Right. Uh, we do that. We do that sometimes. I don't want to pay that price to continue to follow you. Uh, the, the, another disciple comes up to Jesus. And he says, I want to follow you. And Jesus tells him, says, listen, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. And what he's telling him there is like, listen, if you want to follow me, look at the price tag. The price tag to follow me is sometimes a life of discomfort. It's a difficult life, and, and the cost of discipleship and following me is not necessarily going to be easy. How many times do we, it's so easy to say, oh, I want to follow the Lord, I want to be the Lord's disciple, but we never really pick up that price tag and look at what discipleship costs, right? It's the same way with marriage. People say, oh, I'd love to be married, marriage is a great thing, and that's about all they think about it, but they never stop, pick up the price tag and say, what's it going to cost me to have a successful marriage? Oh, children, I love children. I want to have a child. I like the ideas of birthdays and ponies and parties and all that kind of stuff. But they never stop and pick up the price tag and look at it and say, this is what it's going to cost you. And time goes by. And what you realize is the person was never willing to pay the price to raise godly children or to have a godly marriage. And when they finally figure out years down the road what that actually is going to cost them, they're not willing to pay it. That's why the divorce rate is sky high and families are broken uh, to kingdom come, right? The rich young ruler says, I, I, I just can't pay that. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, it's going to come at a price. And we need to look at that. Probably my favorite example, you can read about this in Genesis, the 29th chapter. There's a man named Jacob. And Jacob has left and gone into the land of Syria primarily because he's running from Esau. Because Esau's threatened to kill him. And so he's on the run and he's gone and he's gone into the land of Syria after some time. And he looks up and he, he, he comes to a well. The people that are with him there, they come to this well to water their flocks. And he inquires of a relative. And they say, yeah, the relative's here. His name is Laban. He lives around here. And here comes his daughter. And he looks up and here comes Rachel coming towards Jacob and Jacob, is, is, he looks at her and clearly he's just smitten with her beauty, right? And he runs to her and he grabs her and he starts weeping and he kisses her. And he's just, he's just so excited to see her and he's so smitten by her. And so she takes him home to Laban, and, which is her father. And he spends a little bit of time there and he desires to have Rachel as his wife. And so he talks to Laban, and this is the agreement they come to. He says, if you want my daughter as your wife, 
reach over there and pick up the price tag and look and see what it's going to say. And he, you know, that's obviously, you know, metaphorically speaking, he picks up that price tag and he looks at it and it says seven years. Really, it says 14 years. He just doesn't know it. There was some invisible ink on that price tag. Seven years, you have to work for me and then I'll give you my daughter. And you can read that it says that, that uh, because of, you read about this in Hosea, because Jacob had such a love for Rachel, it says he went into the land of Syria and he kept sheep. All right, you want my daughter? You're going to basically have to be a shepherd, a laborer. For a man who was real tricky, Jacob tells us uh, that uh, Laban changed his wages ten times. Oh, today you're going to make this for doing that. Ah, tomorrow it's going to be less than that. And then the next day it's going to be less than that. It was a difficult thing for him to labor to get Rachel. But what does the Bible say about that? What, what does it say about how Jacob felt about that? The Bible says even though he labored seven years, and then at the end of that seven years, Laban tricks him and, and realizes, Jacob realizes he's got, he's got to work seven more years, so 14 years. All I had to do was ask Tiffany's dad. I just asked him, you know, can I have your blessing? What if he would have said to me, You've got to cut my grass, weed eat, blow my driveway off, edge. You've got to make sure I've got plenty of firewood. I want you over here cleaning my house every day for 14 years. That's a different ball game, right? Now, I would have gladly done it. <laughs> gladly done it. And I would have said the same thing Jacob said at the end of that time. It seemed as just a few days, right? But see, Jacob looked at that and said, all right, here's the price I've got to pay for this woman to be my, be my bride. So understanding price tags is a biblical concept. <clears throat> but primarily what I want to talk to you today about in the last few minutes here is what was your price tag? And think about that for just a minute. What is the price tag that was hanging on you? Because the Bible tells us in Acts, the 20th chapter in verse 28, that the Lord Jesus Christ purchased you with his blood, meaning that there came a time you see uh, another sermon for another day. The role of, of God, the father is that he chose a people before the foundation of the world, right? The role of Jesus Christ, the son was to purchase those people and atone for their sins. Now, many times in the scripture, we read the phrase where it says that God gave people to Jesus, right? All the Father hath given me is a phrase we read about many times in the Bible. So I want you to visualize this exchange for just a second. God the Father choosing a family before the foundation of the world calling his son to his side and saying, here is my family. Here is your bride. Here is your Rachel, Jacob. And then the Lord Jesus Christ goes over there. He picks up the price tag and he looks at it. First, let's say before we pick up any price tag, don't we kind of examine the item that we're interested in buying, right? Flip over to the book of Ezekiel for just a second. <clears throat> The book of Ezekiel in the 16th chapter gives us somewhat of a picture of what the Lord looked like. I mean, what we look like to the Lord, maybe when he picked up that price tag. Now, you might want to say this. 
it might be our tendency because we're a prideful people to say, well, he looked at us and boy, he saw something special. He looked at us and he saw some church going, hymn singing, a people loving group of people that, you know, their, their fingernails were trimmed, their hair was cut, they were clean shaven, they were dressed really nice. Boy, they're a good looking family. I'll pay whatever price you ask, Lord. That's not what he saw, right? The Lord went over there and he picked up a rusty, ratty, broken looking something that had a price tag that was way overpriced. And in Ezekiel, the 16th chapter, is speaking of God's people in the fallen, corrupt state that we were in. And it says, and as for thy nativity, in verse 4, and as for thy nativity, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut. Neither was thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou was not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. We don't look too good, do we? Can you picture a newborn? You know, I remember we had our children. Boy, they, they come out and they scoop them up and they start wiping and cleaning. And I mean, just in no time, they've got them, you know, pretty clean and, and, and baby looking, right? But can you imagine a baby with all the slime on them that they have and, the, and the, the, the strange color they have when they're born, just kind of laid over there, not swaddled up like a baby, just kind of uh, abandoned. That's the picture we see here. So hideous that it says, None I pitied thee to do any of these unto thee, to have compassion unto, upon thee, but thou wast cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born. And when I passed by thee, and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Now I want you the picture there of this cast aside, slimy, rolling around in the dirt, so hideous that nobody looks over there and desires it. Said nobody pitied thee. Pitied thee. You know, the Bible tells us that we were God's enemies. That means we were against him. All right, there's nothing about us in our fallen corrupt state that is appealing, right? We're rotten. And so Jesus says, let me show you this bride that I've chosen for you. And the Lord looks over there and he sees us laying there in a fallen, corrupt, God-hating enemy to him. And he picks up that price tag. And what does that price tag say? The price tag says, number one, you're going to have to leave the realm of heaven. All right. You're going to have to go down into the womb of a sinner. And you're going to have to walk this earth for 33 and a half years. And I want you to think just that, that in and of itself, the burden that that placed on him. I was thinking the other day, I think I was telling Tiffany about it. Do you realize the number of things that we do every day that we will not have to do in heaven? Think about it. Number one, you won't have to wake up, right? You won't have to get up and use the bathroom. You won't have to put on clothes. You won't have to brush your teeth and worry about cavities, right? You won't have to worry about fixing breakfast. You won't have to worry about gas in your car. You won't have to worry about insurance. You won't have to worry about policemen on the side of the road. You won't have to worry about a job. You don't have to worry about most everything we do. Most every single thing we do is a burden. We just don't realize it because we're used to it. 
And so the Lord says, God says to, to, the, to the son, you're going to have to go down and take on just the burden of daily life that men deal with on a cursed earth. They're going to spit on you. They're going to mock you. They're going to reject you. That's what's on this price tag. Now, there's going to come a point that they're going to take you. They're going to falsely accuse you. They're going to beat you beyond recognition. They're going to pierce you. They're going to put a crown of thorns on you. They're going to hang you up on a cross and strip you down and mock you and laugh at you and spit on you. And you're going to have to die for them. That's the price tag for this rotten, ruined, condemned, unclean enemy of yours. Now, we won't go pay $2 for something if it looks a little bit dirty, right? We want the things that we buy to be nice and pretty and shiny. But the Lord was willing to pay a price for a people that was not very becoming. Are you understanding me? Yeah. Now, the Bible refers to us as a purchased possession in Ephesians, the first chapter. This purchased possession the Bible says that the Lord walked by and he saw us polluted and he said, live And the Bible. Listen to this. What did he make us? We had no value like we were, but because of the love and the mercy of the Lord, when he picked us up and he took us and he swaddled us, we became very valuable. Now, listen to this. He says, now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was the time of love. And I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swear unto thee and entered into a covenant with thee. Saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. Then, I, then washed I thee with water. Yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. I clothed thee also with broidered work and shod thee with badger skin and I girded thee about with fine linen and I covered thee with silk. I decked thee also with ornaments and I put bracelets upon thy hands and a chain on thy neck and I put a jewel on thy forehead and earrings in thine ears and a beautiful crown upon thy head. Thus was thou decked with gold and silver and thy raiment was of fine linen and silk and broidered work. Thou didst eat fine flour and honey and oil and thou was exceeding beautiful and thou did prosper into a kingdom." And thy renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty, for it was perfect through my comeliness or splendor, which I had put upon thee, saith the Lord God. What a beautiful picture. Uh, an infant rolling around, exposed, naked, nobody cut thy navel, nobody cleaned, nobody washed thee, nobody pitied thee. And the Lord takes us, pays the price on the cross takes us to himself and at the end result when he is done washing us with his splendor and with his spirit and with his atonement it says thy renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty the ugliest of ugly has become the most beautiful thing in the world because the lord said yes god i will pay the price for this uncomely corrupt fallen creature that ought to excite you it's mighty quiet out there today now, let's go back to Jacob and Rachel. I've thought about this sometimes when, when my time comes and, 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 and I see the Lord face to face. And I were to ask him, can you tell me what it was like to pay for my sins? I don't know that I would want to ask him that. But let's say that I did ask him that. Can you tell me what it was like going from heaven to earth? 
Can you tell me what it was like to carry that burden that we carry every day? Can you tell me what it was like to be, uh, you know, spit on, mocked and beaten? Can you tell me what it felt like to be crucified? Can you tell me what it felt like to be scourged and beaten, betrayed? Can you tell me what it was like to suffer God's wrath? For the time that the sun went dark and the God the Father poured out his wrath on his son. Can you tell me what that was like? I really don't know the answer to that. But you know what I think the Lord is going to say? I think he's going to kind of say what Jacob said. It just seemed like a few days. I think he'll smile at you with the sweetest smile. And we will realize I loved you so much. That yes, it was intense and it was beyond anything you can comprehend. But I think in that sweet smile, I think the Lord is just going to say it was worth it. It was worth it. And it seemed as just a few days. And that magnifies the amount of love he has for us. You see, we're a people that we want something pretty and shiny. And we want the price to be pretty low. But the Lord took something that was ugly and corrupt. And he paid a a price so high we can't even comprehend it. And he did it willingly. And I bet when we see him, he'll say it just seemed like a few days. In order for me to take that bride that the Father gave me. I hope that that's been profitable to you. Please pray for Brother Tim as he comes.